Ketuvotav Pedal. The last thing we were discussing was in the Mishnah we saw that Aban Shimon ben Gamliel says that if a person said Dinu Dvarim Enli a person says I have no connection, no claim on his wife's uh, assets. He didn't say anything because from the Torah, you, a husband inherits his wife's assets, and a person cannot make a condition against the Torah. And the Rav said the halachas like Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel. But not because of his reason. So we're trying to figure out what does that mean? The halachas like him, but not from his reason. If you want to tell me that Rav holds that a person could make a condition against the mitzvah in the Torah, well, we have Rav saying the exact opposite when it comes to price gouging. And with that, we're going to start Pedal Damudal, four lines in, where it says the word Ela. Ela, halacha keraban shimomen gamni el, de amar hamatnea al mashikatu batorat nao batel. Rather, the Halachazak Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, who says a person makes a condition against the Torah, the condition doesn't count, but not for that reason. Why? He holds that if she passes away, he could inherit her. Rav holds if she passes away, he does not inherit her. The Gemara says, yeah, but that's from his reason, but not the Halacha like him. So that's like total opposite. Ela, you have to say, Now the halachas like Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel who said that if she died, he inherits her. But not from his reason. Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel holds when it's a mitzvah from the Torah, his condition is nullified, doesn't exist. But if it was a mitzvah de Rabbanan, like moving away from the fruits, then it stands. And Rav holds, no, even when it comes to the Rabbanan, if a person made a condition against something that said the Rabbanan, it's also nullified. The Gemara says, But then Rav is exactly like Rabban Shimon Megamliel, but with the halakha, with the reason, he just adds, he's a little bit more strict. Ela, what does Rav really mean? The halakha is like Rashbag, who said that if she passes away, he inherits her. But not for that reason. Rabban holds that a husband inheriting his wife is from the Torah. Anyone who makes a condition against the Torah, his condition is nullified. is only the Rabbanan. And Hachami made a chizuk to what they're saying, like it's a like a din Torah. Meaning, we're we're not arguing halacha It's the same. The question is why. According to Rabban Shimon Gamliel, it's a deoraita. According to Rav, it's only a derabanan. And Hachamim just uh, up the level so they could be so they could strengthen what they hold. Now that leads us to the next question. Does Rav hold that a husband inheriting his wife is only the Rabbanan? If a person inherits his wife, she passes away, he gets land that she brought into a marriage. So when the Yobel comes, it goes back to her family. And he subtracts from the money. And the Gemara understood that he gives them back the land and they pay him very little. And they asked If he holds, it's his inheritance from the Torah. Why does he have to give it back on the Yovel? And if it's only the Rabbanan, well, the Yovel is stronger. Then why does he have to take money for it? It's going back even without money. 
and Rav explained what Rabbi Yochanan ben Berokah was saying. I know he holds the deoraita, and the reason and the reason that he has to give it back. She gave him an area which is a cemetery. It's her family cemetery. That's part of the the inheritance that she left over to him. And the problem is, and it's not nice for the family that uh, we're buried in someone else's plot. It's, if the area belongs to someone else, it's not nice. It's embarrassing for the family. Therefore, give it back and they'll pay you a little bit for it. And So Hachamim said, take a little bit of money and then give it back to him. So what does that mean, you subtract? You subtract, whatever his wife's plot's area, you subtract that, because at the end of the day, he has to bury her. Like we learned in the Baita, that if a person sold his grave, or the path to his grave plot, or the area that people were supposed to do the whole uh, the ma'amad, where they stand, sit, on the way in and out of the cemetery, um, the place where they're going to eulogize him. The, the family members come and they bury him in that area, whether the buyer likes it or not, because it's embarrassing for the family. What do you mean? This is our family plot. We don't want someone else to own it. I will pay you for it, but Hachim said they're, they're going to bury him there by force. Now, bottom lines, what do we see from all this? That according to Rav, the Yerushav, the Baal, is from the Torah. So then why is he not posek like Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel's reason? Stagma so explains, Rav was only talking according to Rabbi Yohan Biroka. He doesn't hold that way. He's just explaining what Rabbi Yohan bin Biroka was saying. He holds Yerushat Abal's Rabbanat. Next, the Mishnah says, A person passed away, left a woman, he has to pay her ktubah. And he also left creditors, people he owed money to, and people are going to inherit his uh, land, but he didn't leave any land. But he did have movable objects, collaterals, or people owed him money. Give it to the weakest one out of all them, and the Gemara is going to explain which one is the weakest. No, we don't have any mercy when it comes to Din. You give it to the inheritors. Why? Because everyone else, any creditor, the woman, they have to swear in order for them to get their payment. But those who inherit, they don't need to swear to get their money. Same idea. If the father, the, the person who passed away, left fruits that are disconnected from the ground, which is considered movable objects, if they're in Rishut Rabin, then anyone who grabs them first, it's theirs. Now, what's the problem? If the woman took more than her Ketubah, let's say her Ketubah is 200 Baneah, and she took 201. Or the creditor took more than what he's owed. The leftovers, they have to give it back. So who they give it back to? Rebitafons is given to the weakest one. There's no mercy when it comes to the, the deen, to law. You give it to the Yorashin, to those who inherit. Why? Everyone needs to swear in order to take money out. But those who inherit, they don't need to swear in order to get uh, the, their payment. It's theirs rightfully from the Torah. 
And the Gemara starts, Why do I have to talk about the loan? And why in the Rish, you also talk to me about uh, collateral? It's the same idea. And the same Achlok, Rebita Akivan, Rebita Afon. So the Gemara explains, I need both deed, and I'm if you only told me about the loan, Behaka, Amar Rebita Afon, I would have said, only over there, Rebita Afon says, give it to the to, to the weakest one, because the Yoshim are not considered as if they're holding on to it. They're not Muhzak. Why Mishum de Milva Because usually when you lend people money, money is supposed to be spent, and therefore it's not as if it's uh, there. It, it, there's a lot of money out there. You, but when it comes to the collateral, the collateral is still there. So let's say you gave a watch as a collateral, the, the watch is there; it can't be used. So Emma Model Maybe he would agree to Rabbi Akiva that you give it to the Yorashim. If you only told me about the collateral, maybe maybe only over here Biakiva would say that you give it to the Yoshim But when it comes to a loan, that you give it to the weakest one, maybe I'll admit to him. That's why I need both cases. Okay, now Rabita Fon said you give it to the weakest one. My la koshel, what's the weakest one? So explains Rabita Fon as the weakest when it comes to proof, meaning the, the the last person on the list, whoever whoever lent money, whoever gave money, whoever's owed money last, he is considered the weakest one in a sense where if the person who passed away sold land to other people then his creditors, people he owes money to, can take out that land. And the creditor could only pull out land that was sold after his loan, after he was owed money. So the last person has the least to pull out of. Or he's the, he's the le- he has the least amount of uh, peop- uh, buyers he could pull out land from. Therefore, he's considered the weakest one. The wife, all the way back from her wedding. Uh, the other creditors from uh, way back when. This guy only uh, who only gave him money two weeks ago. He has the least amount of people he could pull out money. So he's the weakest one, according to Rabbi Yosib Rabbi Hanina. Now Rabbi Hanan Amar Lichtubat Isha. The weakest one is the ketubah of a woman. Why? Because she's not going knocking on people's door, getting their land out. That's embarrassing for her to go look into who bought, who uh, whose land. That's embarrassing for her. She doesn't do these things. And the reason we said it's the woman who gets first, Mishum Hina, is because we want to have an affection. We want people to, to, to love each other. We want the woman to feel comfortable marrying to this man that she knows if anything happens, she'll get the money first. And this is a mahloket tanaim, ketanaer, ribi ben yamin omer la koshel shebiriya, the weakest when it comes to proof, the hu kasher, and he's the, the right person to take the money first. Ribi lazar omer ktubatisha, mishum hina. And Ribi lazar says it's the ktubav woman because uh, that whole affection thing. Next, we learned in the Mishnah, that if the person who passed away left fruits that are disconnected from the ground, the leftover, say mahloket ribi tafon ribi akiva. So the Gemara asks a question, Rabbi Akiva, my Irya Mutar, why is he only arguing with Rabbi Tarfon on the leftover? The, the, the entire thing belongs to the Yorshin, not just the leftover. So the Gemara answers, you're right. But the truth is, the only reason Rabbi Akiva argued on the, the leftovers, since Rabbi Tarfon is talking about leftovers, so he also mentioned leftovers. So now the Gemara asks a question. So now according to Biakiva, 
whatever they grabbed. So let's say these fruits fell off, whoever came and grabbed them, grabbed them. That doesn't count according to the Biyakiba, that forever, meaning whatever someone grabbed, whatever creditor grabbed, that doesn't work. So No, that's only if they grabbed while the, the person who owes the money is still alive. Then we could argue. But uh, if the guy already passed away, it belongs to the Atomim, and it's already too late. You, whoever, whichever creditor grabbed it, take it out, give it to the Atomim. So now the Gemara asks the question, According to the who said wherever they grabbed it, it's theirs. Where, where is it? So Rabbi Shmuel said they're piled up nicely in Rishut Arabim. This way, uh, it's not uh, specifically for the Atomim. Their area doesn't uh, is not Kone for them. It's in Rishut Arabim, and anyone can grab it. Aval besimta, but if it's an alleyway near Rishut Arabim, it's really Rishut Arabim, but not really Rishut Arabim. And sometimes people uh, stand over there to talk a second. Uh, and anyone who pulls things over there, he's kone. Lo, Rebita would not say that grabbing works. Why? Since they're in an area where the inheritors can be kone, therefore just grabbing them wouldn't work. It has to be no shutarabim. They argue on Avinshwan, they explain that even if it's in a side street, even if it's an alleyway, it's still at the end of the day not a shoot specifically of the Yorshim, and therefore it has the same deen as Rashut Harabim. And whoever grabbed it, grabbed it. And the Gemara says a story that they were posek like Rabbi Tafon, that if the, the creditor grabs whatever he grabs, it says, and Resh Lakish was posek the exact opposite. He made them go back on their psakalacha, and he gave back the movable objects to the Yoshim. Because he holds halachas like Rabbi Akiva, that whatever the creditors grab doesn't count. Amader Rabbi Hanan, Rabbi Hanan told him, "Asita keshel Torah, you made the words of Rabbi Akiva like uh, like it's a din Torah. Halachah Moshe Misinai, you made the entire din go back. Meaning Rabbi Hanan holds the halachas like Rabbi Akiva, but if they were posek like Rabbi Tafon, okay, let it go. Now, like, just to understand, lema behakam if like it sounds like the machloket of Rabbi Hanan Lakish is the more savat abdval mishnah hozer that uh, according to Rish Lakish, if you made a mistake, if a Dayan made a mistake with something that is explicitly written in a Mishnah or a Gemara, it's something so simple that everyone would know, you go back on it and you uh, you, you mamash have to take out the money out of uh, the person you give the money to and give it back to the other person. Or more savat abdval mishnah held the abdval mishnah if a Dayan made a mistake with something that's written in a Mishnah, and no hozer, you don't go back, it is what it is. The Gemara says, law, no. Everyone agrees that if a dad made a mistake on something explicitly written, then he he goes back. By the way, that's a, that's the Shulchan Aruch like that, that the entire deen is no good. Over here, the Mahalok is as follows. More Savar Halachak Rabbi Akiva Mechavero, that Rabbi Hanan held that Halachazak Rabbi Akiva over any one of his uh, his contemporaries. Anyone who's on his equal level, velo merabo, and but not when it comes to his rabbi. That over there, when it's versus rabbi, you have to take his rabbi into account. And who's Rabbi Akiva's rabbi? Rabbi Tarfon. Umor savar and Shlakish held that halacha afil merabo. That when we say halacha zakrabi Akiva over any one of his friends, it includes his rabbi Rabbi Tarfon. 
Now, the Ibaitima, or option number two, you could say the Chulei Alma Halacha Kirbi Akiva Mechavero Vilomerabo. You could say, according to everyone, Halacha Kirbi Akiva over his friends, but not over his rabbi, Rabbi Tafon. Vehacha Beaka Miflage, Mordor Savar, Rabbi Tafon, Rabbi Hava. And Rabbi Hanan, he held that Rabbi Tafon was Rabbi Akiva's rabbi. And therefore, this halacha uh, doesn't uh, uh, doesn't apply to Rabbi Tafon. Or more so, Shlakish held that Havero Ava that Rabbi Tafon and Rabbi Akiva were friends, and therefore halacha zak Rabbi Akiva over even Rabbi Tafon. He used a third option. The Chulei Alma. Everyone agrees that Havero Ava that Rabbi Tafon and Rabbi Akiva were friends. And the machloket was as follows. More so, Shlakish held halacha itmar that when we said the halacha zak Rabbi Akiva over his friend means actual halacha. Shulchan Aruch or Poseke, no question about it. Or more so, Rabbi Haran held Matini Tamar. We try to move the halacha towards Rabbi Akiva, but if we were Poseke like Rabbi Tafon, then Rabbi Haran would be okay with it. And the Gemara says another story. Keriveder Rabbi Hanan, Rabbi Hanan's relatives, Tafus Paradeyatme, they grabbed uh, a cow of Yatomim. They were the creditors. They, uh, the, their father owed the money. They grabbed a cow. And where was this cow? Misimda. It was in the alleyway. So they didn't go down to their uh, house and pick it up. They they found it in the alleyway. They grabbed it. Atula Kamid Rabbi Hanan. They came to Rabbi Hanan. Amal Lehu Shapir Tefashtua. Rabbi Hanan, you remember, he holds like Rabbi Tarfon. He said, Great, you grabbed it now. Although he holds like Halakhalak Rabbi Akiva, but over here they grabbed it, so he was okay with it. What happened? Atulik Amid Rabbi Shimon Min Lakish. They went to the other rabbi, the Rabbi Shimon Min Lakish, Rash Lakish, and Amal Lehu, and he told him, Zilu Hadur, go give it back, because Halakhalak Rabbi Akiva over Rabbi Tarfon, and you have to give it back. So Atulik Amid Rabbi Hanan came back to their relative, Rabbi Hanan, and he told him, the Rash Lakish said, Go give it back. Amal Lehu, Rabbi Hanan said, Maya, Seshe Kenegdi, Haduk, Allah, what can I do? He's arguing on me, and he's on my level, he's allowed to argue. And the Gemara says another story. There was a shepherd of the animals of Yetomim. That someone came and picked up a cow from his field. The creditor says, hey, I grabbed this cow while the, the father was still alive. The owner of the, all these cows, the father of the Yetomim was still alive. And therefore, even according to Rabbi Akiva, when I what I grabbed it counts. Ubakara Amar, but the the shepherd says no. The he grabbed it after death, and at that point it doesn't count according to Rabbi Akiva. Now the Ran brings an amazing nafkamina. The nafkamina would be is the yetomim could sue the shomer for letting this person take it after death. So therefore, the shepherd is saying, no, he grabbed it while the man was still alive and he had no permission to grab it. And the the, the person who grabbed it says, no, I grabbed it after death. And it counts according to Rabbi Tafon, right? So I told him, I came in front of Rav Nachman. And I'm so uh, Rav Nachman told the shepherd, do you have witnesses that he grabbed it? Because at that point, if he has witnesses, then the guy could say he owed me money before or after. That doesn't make a difference. Once there's witnesses that you grabbed it, then uh, then, it does, then you'd have to give it back. So Amar Leh laughed. So the Shomer said, no, I don't have any witnesses. Amar Leh. So Rav Nachman said, the, this person could say he bore it off for you. Therefore, therefore, he could say, I grabbed it while the, the, my, my, the guy who owed me money, the debtor, was still alive. Meaning, he, he could have lied, but he didn't lie. Uh, therefore, we have to believe him because he could have lied. It's a mego. Now, the Gemara says, 
But then Rish Lakish say, Hagodrot enayin hazaka, small animals, sheep, goats. There's no hazaka on, on these type of animals. If someone grabbed a sheep on, uh, in the middle of the street, in the middle of a field somewhere, you don't have a hazaka because those sheep usually go around eating. And just you grabbing it, even though nobody was around, doesn't make it totally yours. You don't have a hazaka. So the Gemara explains, yeah, but Shani Torah, cows are different. Because usually you give it to the shepherd, the shepherd watches it, and they don't let it uh, run around in the fields. And the Me'iri takes it one step further and explains that the same thing would be with even small animals that are given to the shepherd. That once they're given to the shepherd, it's the shepherd's business to take care of it to make sure no one grabs it. Next, the Gemara brings another story. The Benesia Tafus Amta Deyatme Mesimta. The, the people of the Nasi's house, they grabbed a shifha, a maidservant, from an alleyway. The three rabbis, Rabbi Abu, Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Itzhak, were sitting together as Dayanim. Rabbi Abba was uh, sitting there while this all this was going on. And Amar Lehu, and really the Rashash changed it to Amru Lehu, the three rabbis said to the house of the Nasi, Shapir Tavestua, good that you grabbed it. You don't have to give it back to the Yatomim. So Amar Lehu, Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba told them, Mishum de Benesiani, no Mahnefitu Lehu. Because they're from the Nasi's house, you're trying to flatter them. But don't we have a famous story where Resh Lakish, the same thing happened with Resh Lakish, that people grabbed from the Yatomim and he made everything go back? You're obviously wrong on this one. Yemar Bar Hashu, that's his name, Yemar Bar Hashu, so he gave money to someone, the person owed him money, Shachiv, and that man passed away, Vishabik Arba, and he left the boat, and the Yemar Bar Hashu wanted to grab it so he could have from where to uh, to extract payment. So Amar Le so he told his messenger, Zil Tafsani Allah, I want you to go grab that boat. Azal Tafsa, so the man went and grabbed the boat, Pagu Be. So, Rav Papa, Rav Una, Bered, Rav Yeshua, met the Shaliyah. Amru Lehu, Amru Le, they told him, Whatever you grab doesn't count. Why? Because you're grabbing for a creditor when there's other creditors as well. And we know the famous Rabbi Yohanan that if someone grabs for a creditor when there's other creditors also, and remember, they're losing out. By you taking this both, they're also losing out. You're not going to, you don't acquire anything with this. So what happened? Tafsua inu. The rabbis grabbed it. What happened? Rafapa mimlah meluhe. Rafapa used the oar. Rabuna bered of Yeshua mtahla beashla. Rabuna bered of Yeshua. He grabbed the ropes over there. Mora marana kanina la lekula ha. Mora marana kanina la lekula. Each one, Rafapa and Rabuna, both said, "I was zochen the entire thing." Pagabehu Rav Pinchas Barami. So they met Rav Pinchas Barami and Amar Lehu. He told them both, "You are not kone." Because Rav Shmuel the Amrei Taravayu, they both said, "Vehu what you grab only counts when it's in Rishut Arabim. Here it wasn't in Rishut Arabim. Amru Les Rav Papa Ravuna said, "Ana We grab this from the middle of the river. That river is the Rishut Arabim. So what's the problem?" So now Atul Lekamed Ravah they came in front of Ravah Amar Lehu Kake Hivare. He called them white ducks. Why? Because they had white beards. You take off people's clothing. 
Meaning, it's not yours. This boat really doesn't belong to you. When you grab something that a creditor owes you, that's only when he's still alive. But once he passed away, it's too late, and this is considered stolen property in your hands. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Amen. Ve'amen.